welcome to The Serial Creative. I'm your host, Marley Grace, or affectionately known as MG, and I'm super excited that you're here to listen to this show. We are going to dive into what it looks like to be obedient to what God has called you to. Because he is a creator, we are given the ability to create, and that isn't something that is exclusive to one type of person, but every single person has a calling to pursue what God has given them. So that is what we're going to dive into in The Serial Creative. I'm super excited, so let's jump on in, grab your coffee, and let's do this. What is up, you guys? Hello, this is your host, MG, and wow, can you believe that we have another episode? You guys, I have just been so in love with creating these episodes, having conversations with people, and then sharing them with you because I know what it's like to be a multi-passionate creative, to try and figure out how to use your gifts for the Lord when it's technically like not a vocational ministry job, if you're like wanting to do discipleship within your space, I don't know, all the things. Like when we are obedient to what God has called us to, we can create something truly beautiful, which is why I am so excited for today's conversation. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to say thank you so much just for your love and support. Make sure that you sign up for my newsletter. Um, I will have the link in my show notes. This is where you will receive Hype Gal emails, which are so fun. I'll be sharing YouTube videos that I've created, my favorite Amazon finds, and you know, like all the fun things that I like to do. Um, But also like I'll share real parts of my life as well, um, which I do anyways, but like in written form, that'll be kind of fun too. So make sure you sign up for that. And then also if you could rate and leave a review, that helps just get this show more visibility to other people who are equally trying to figure out life as an entrepreneur or as a creative um, and following the Lord. So if you could rate and leave a review, also like share what you're loving about this episode. If you want to post on Instagram and say, hey, where are you listening to the episode? I would love to see those things. Please tag me at Marley Grace Rogers. um, And I would love to chat with you over on Instagram. I'm primarily there. So if you try on other apps, I might not respond, but Instagram 100%. Also, like, kind of a low-key plug, but follow me on Threads. Threads is so much fun. It's basically, it's basically Twitter, you guys. Like, honestly, it's just Twitter. Um, But I'm loving it over there, and I have different threads that I think are really fun that I would love for you to be a part of. Okay, let's jump into this conversation with Molly Wilcox. Molly is a writer and coach based in Nashville, Tennessee, and is someone that I've gotten to know who is just, she's such a ray of sunshine. She has a book called How Much More, which is learning how to find fulfillment in a generous God. Like, talk about something that we as humans and our world, we need to learn more about. Um, But Molly is amazing. She's a writing coach um, and just has a spirit for serving the Lord and serving creators in just really beautiful ways. So I'm super excited. So make sure you go grab your iced coffee or margarita if you're listening to this during happy hour. And let's jump into this conversation with Molly Wilcox. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Serial Creative. This is MG, your host, and today I have the honor of chatting with Molly Wilcox. Hi Molly, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad for you to be here. This is going to be so much fun. I'm yeah. so <laughs> Me too. I'm like giddy. I'm like, <laughs> like let's do all the things. Um, well, Molly, you are currently in Tennessee, correct? Yes, I am. Okay, well, that is about the extent of what I'm going to share because I want you to share. So why don't you just tell us where you're at in Tennessee? What do you do? All of the fun things about who Molly is. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a suburb right outside of Nashville. I absolutely adore it. Mm -hmm. I have the cutest little dog. She's a mini golden doodle. I'm obsessed with And I'm pregnant. Our first baby. So about halfway there, which is so crazy. And then in my creative life, I am an author, a writer, and I do writing of all sorts full-time. So I transitioned to the full-time entrepreneur life and absolutely love what I do. I'm obsessed with it. So I'm always eager to talk about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. First off, I love golden doodles. So it makes me so happy that I have many one. I've seen pictures and your dog is so precious. Um, And yeah. Wow. When did you officially transition into the full-time entrepreneurial life? So it's been a little bit over a year now, which is crazy. Okay. Not this past January, but the January before that. So definitely took a while. I kind of did some other part-time things while I was like working on building up my business, which I always highly recommend because then you don't have to stress so much about making mm-hmm. your in those beginning stages. Um, so that was really awesome for me to get to say yes to things that felt really good and no to things that felt like they weren't a great fit and have some flexibility there and then went full time and haven't looked back since. So I love it. I love it. And tell us a little bit about your business. What do you do? I know you mentioned writing and being an author, but kind of flesh out like what is your business? Yeah, it's a great question. It's so funny because I feel like being in like the freelance entrepreneur world, I'm like, oh, that's a great question. It's also the world. <laughs> question. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) Do I do? Um, But I always tell people, I think like my, my ultimate like mission statement is just like care about words. And I want to communicate like the beauty of God, because I'm a Christian through words and through um, just being creative. So that's like my big mission. And then underneath that, I do all sorts of things. So I do some ghostwriting, which is writing books for people who don't want to write their own book or don't have the time to, which is a really, mm-hmm. um, I write my own books. I have a blog and a newsletter that I send out every week. And then I also do some other freelance writing, just like some kind of smaller projects and things like that. And um, I've done some developmental editing. So I kind of do everything, which is like not a great answer, but <laughs> no, um, but I love it. I love it. So pretty much anything that's under that umbrella of words is where I'm at in my creative life, which I love. Oh, well, I think that's great. And that is exactly why I wanted you on this podcast, because we talk all about what it looks like to be a creative, but also a serial creative, because very similarly, I do all the things because I love all the things. So but I would love to hear a little bit about why words. How did you get to a point to where writing was something you're like, this is what I want to pursue as my career or why, like you even just like writing. Why Why those things? Yeah, that's a great question. So I loved words like from the very beginning, which is so funny because you can even look at like, I have like preschool report cards that are like, Molly is like obsessed with the books. And that was like- oh read and so I always was that kid that was kind of like the nerdy little kid with the book that was like you know toting it around with me everywhere I went so I've always loved books but then as a creative which I'm sure you get you can get (laughs) acted and so I definitely had that because 
I felt like I was good at so many other creative things. So my first like couple of years out of college, I really honestly dabbled in so many things and was like really kind of all over the place. I did photography for a while. I was in marketing. I did like a lot of graphic design in that marketing role. And so I kind of got distracted and I was like all over the place with like, oh man, like I just love all the creative things. And so I was really overwhelmed with that. So a couple years into realizing I didn't really love marketing and I kind of wanted to make a change. I was also a florist. I was all over the place. Wow. (laughs) All over the place creatively, but I really felt called to write a book and I was like, okay, this was my first love. Like I Mm. always, and I felt like it kind of took me a a little bit of experimenting before I realized like what I really want to do is write. And I realized all those other creative things that I loved were really just feeding writing. Like at the end of the day, like I love doing things with my hands. Like I still love gardening and doing things like that. And started cross stitching recently, you know, just random habits, right? That are just like fun things. But the reason I do those things is because they help me think and that all like kind of leads back to writing. So it took me a while to realize that connection. But then once I did, I was like, oh, the thing that I really care about is communication. And to even like answer your question further, I just believe in the power of words so much because I think we learn through stories. Like that's very science that shows that. And then also like what you speak over people and over things like really matters. And so I don't know, I just feel like that's like my kind of sphere of influence. And I just kind of went all in in that. I love that because... It's so true. Like, there is so much power in our words, what we read, what we, you know, listen to. Oh, I love it. I just think that that's so cool. And also, wow, I love that you did all the things and all the things just drew you back to, no, writing. This is how the Lord has called me to communicate really well. Um, That's just so impactful and empowering. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I mean, it's hard because I remember kind of like, giving up photography and it felt a little bit like a failure because I was like oh I could totally turn this into a business because again I'm like creative right and so I'm like I know how to market this like I know how to do this but I was like okay but is it okay if I just keep that as a hobby and then I actually make the writing thing a career and now I'm like so thankful that I made that choice and kind of refined what I was doing so I could focus in but I still do all those things but I just do them for fun so yeah Oh, wow. Well, I'd love to dive into your book that you released in the last year, right? It was released. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. When was it released? (laughs) I know. Honestly, I can't remember either, but it was August. Okay. Yeah. What month is it even now? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, You know. (laughs) Well, tell us about your book, how much more and how you knew what you're going to write about, why you decided to write Um, And then tell us again, tell me again, if you decided to self-publish or you went with the traditional publishing route. Yeah, I love this question too, because that was another kind of like creative moment where I feel like kind of just the love for creativity and writing really drew me to writing a book. I didn't one day like sit down and say to myself like, oh, I'm going to write a book now. Um, I just always knew I wanted to. And of course, being like a lifelong writer, I've had, I mean some really poorly written books just in my computer. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I basically, I had started my weekly newsletter, which was really a passion project, but it was also something that I was kind of like 
I needed to be disciplined myself. And something that was continually spoken over me, which is like a power of words thing, was that I'm not very consistent, which I'm sure a lot of creatives relate with. And so I felt like, oh, shoot, like everyone is always saying like, I'm not a consistent person or I'm not really good at like sticking with something. And so I kind of started this weekly newsletter almost just to prove to myself, like, I can do this, like, and I can show up for this every week and continually write every week. So I started. Mm -hmm. And then out of that, I was like, man, like, I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of content, so I should write more. And so I just kind of started writing more. And this message, I felt like kept showing up. And so that was when I was like, I don't think this is a blog. Like, I think this is actually a book. So it was kind of a weird experience because I'm not a morning person at all. My husband will tell you, like, it was the weirdest thing for him to even. (laughs) (laughs) And again, like, I have a lot of those kind of creative stereotypes. So I am not a morning person. I'm not someone who's particularly, like, super, like, driven and, like, go-getter of, like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, like, suddenly start. Like, I'm going to go run a marathon. Like, that's just not me. And so, but with this book idea, I kind of was, like, I think this is a book. And then the next day I woke up before the sun came up and I did that every day for like weeks. And it was super weird and set an alarm. And so I was like, it felt kind of like a spiritual creative experience to me because I was like, I really felt like the work was like calling me. And I was like, I don't know like why this is even happening, but I'm just going to be faithful and write it. So I had an entire finished draft. And then I was like, well, now what? <laughs> because yeah. like, do I publish it? Do I like look for a traditional publishing opportunity? I wasn't really sure. Um, and at the time, actually a hybrid publisher had reached out to me. And so I kind of felt like that was like a good, like in between. I didn't feel super confident in self-publishing at that time. I didn't have as many connections as I do now in the industry. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. So having a hybrid publisher felt like a good fit. Um, and then now I have an agent and we'll be moving in the traditional direction in the future. So kind of worked out. Wow. And so how much more is just about looking at finding fulfillment in a generous God, but tell us a little bit more about how you saw that thread being weaved through your writing, your blog posts. Yeah. So <laughs> I, my husband and I had just gotten married and we got married right out of school. We were like the classic Christian college couple. I always <laughs> We were kind of living like what I joke is like the Christian college American dream, right? Like we both got great jobs out of school. We had gotten married. We graduated early. And then we moved across the country to like a ski town in Colorado. And it was a super cool experience, but it was also really lonely. And it was just Mm. the real world just like hit us and hit us really hard. But it felt like everything was supposed to be so good. And so I found myself honestly like kind of questioning the goodness of God because I was like on the outside, it seems like I have everything I could have ever wanted, but for some reason, something within me is still really unsettled. And so I was like, if God is supposed to be good and generous, like why doesn't it feel that way? And why am I still just like longing for something more? And I felt like I couldn't even voice that because I was like, but I have it so good. Like, should I really say anything out loud? So then fast forward, we moved to Tennessee eventually. And I start this blog and I start blogging kind of about like that season of moving and newlywed and all these Mm -hmm. things. So many people were connecting with it. And I found that there are so many Christian women who feel like a deeper longing for something more, but they don't want to voice it. And again, this is like the power of words, right? 
And so I was like, the first step is actually to just say it, like say it out loud to yourself and like say it out loud to God, like what you want and then see what happens. And that, that felt like a really scary and brave thing for me to do. But I was kind of like wanting to push women into doing that and believing for more and then seeing what God does. Because if he's an infinitely generous God and if he's infinitely good, then like we can trust him with those things. Wow, that is just I'm just in awe of God's faithfulness and God's provision of, hey, like, you're going to do really big and hard things, but I'm going to walk you through those really big and hard things. Um, Where did you live before you lived in Colorado? So (laughs) I grew up in the Chicago area, but then my husband and I were in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. So I did the middle of nowhere, Indiana, a little bit of the Chicago suburbs, and then Colorado, high Rocky Mountains in like a ski town. We literally lived at like 9,000 feet. And then now Tennessee. (laughs) That's so fun. Wow. So then I'm curious, Molly, because one of the things that I find myself running into as a creative and as someone who is a faithful follower of the Lord is having a distinction between working and writing or creating for the Lord and then also having a personal devotional life. And they're married in some ways, but I'm just curious how you maintain a relationship with God as you're writing a book that's about like kind of the hard part of like recognizing some of God's faithfulness. Yeah, this is such a good question because I feel like especially with the younger generation of like those of us who've like kind of grown up with social media, we're like very used to people wearing their hearts on their sleeves and like sharing everything. And so for the Christian, it's like, okay, well, how much of my relationship with God should I share? And I feel like my main answer is honestly just discernment. And I think a lot of Christian content creators will talk about this, but I think once you've walked through something, you will kind of know when it's a testimony. I think Mm. Katie Robertson say this, um, but basically she said like, once it becomes a testimony, then it's time to share it. But before it's a testimony, it's probably premature. And for me, it's just been an increased level of discernment because there's sometimes, you know, in your morning devotion time, you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is such a cool insight. But I have to ask the Lord, like, is this to share or is this for me? And there's times where I feel like the Lord will really make it clear, like, this is to share, like, you need to share this with someone. And sometimes that's just like someone else will bring up the topic again later that day, or I'll see it on social media. And I'm like, okay, this is for the masses. Like, I need to share this. But then there's other times where I'm like, okay, I really feel like this is like a private moment with the Lord that I want to share. And I think um, sometimes with that younger generation, like myself included, we can kind of forget that there's something so beautiful about keeping some things sacred and keeping them just between us and God and keeping some things holy and kind of like in a different, like personal, intimate sphere of that relationship, which I can best equate it just to like relationships with people. Like there's some conversations I'll have with my husband that I won't have with my best friend, you know? Right. That's kind of like thinking of it in that context of like, okay, like if, if, Jesus is like the lover of your soul. There's going to be some conversations you're going to have with him that you don't need to go and tell everybody else about. Oh, I'm like getting emotional because that has just been something recently that I've just been really been trying to navigate of, man, like I've been doing a ton of work and that is how I've been worshiping. But I also crave just that one-on-one intimate time with the Lord. Um, And not everyone gets 
access to the content that the Lord gets. And I just think that that is so powerful, impactful. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I needed to hear that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course. And I think there's times too, where like he will kind of walk you through something and it'll feel really raw in the moment. And um, like my book felt very personal in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I had walked through it and I knew that I knew that I knew that God was good. And so I was like, okay, I'm really about this now because there's somebody who's thinking to herself, like, is God really good? Like, does he really love me? And like, I need her to know like he's far more generous than you would ever imagine. So like, let's talk about it. Um, but at that point it wasn't like something raw that I was experiencing with the Lord. It was something that I'd already walked through. And so I think there's a difference there too, where sometimes it is just time. Like it's like maybe not now, but it could be later. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. I have a question then about which one should I start with? I'll, I'll start with, I'll start with coaching. So you also are a writing coach and I'm curious, like how do you coach your writing students? I don't know if that's the right term to use but um are you taking on a lot of writing students who are focused in kind of the nonfiction christian book writing realm or fiction or what is that like how are you taking on those clients and then what do you coach them through specifically yeah that's a great question i mainly honestly coach people who are just creative and originally i was starting the coaching business thinking like oh my gosh i have so much to share about publishing and all these specific mm -hmm. um that i've navigated and learned so much about which i'm so thankful for but it turns out that most people just kind of want to talk about their ideas and a lot of these kinds of things that we're talking about today like they're like you know how do we like how do i keep reading when i've been doing it for a long time and it doesn't feel fun anymore like mm -hmm that I feel like I end up talking to people about. And at this stage, I feel like a lot of my clients are drawn to me because they've seen me build a freelance writing business. And so a lot of people feel like that's like an untouchable, like crazy ask, which again, I'm like, my entire book is like, no, like go to God and ask him. Um, but also like, there are things that you can do to practically take those steps. So I have a lot of clients who are kind of looking for that business piece to kind of marry with the creative piece so that they can really succeed at the thing that they like really, really want to do, but they feel maybe like they can't right now. Did you start coaching before or after you wrote your first book that you published? I started before. It's a good question. I'm like trying to figure out this timeline in my head. <laughs> Yeah, I started before. I was in the publishing process when I launched my coaching business, but I had already been freelance writing. So I guess like a little bit of backstory too. I have written content for like Thomas Nelson for the Abide Bible, like some study Bible content. And then one of my friends is Elizabeth Bennett and she wrote um, a bunch of Enneagram books. So yeah. I was trusted Enneagram 7. So I contributed to that devotional and I've done yeah. some writing things. So um, my book wasn't like my first published work, but it was, you know, obviously writing your own book is a big thing. Yeah. Okay. But you also do ghostwriting and I have heard about ghostwriting. I like, but ghostwriting just seems like such a foreign concept to me because I think my biggest question is how can a book be written by someone else for someone else? 
<laughs> yeah. Like, how can you write a book for someone else? <laughs> it's great. Honestly, there are so many people who I think would be or like are like incredible authors, but they aren't writers. And so I always this is just like a me thing, but I always talk about myself as a writer rather than an author. And I think that might just be because I actually have like a creative writing degree and I'm like, you know, like writing the craft. Like I love the actual like act of writing. And yeah. the I think there's so many people who like care about that because of prestige or like whatever that label means. And I'm like, I don't really care about that. Like I care about the actual writing thing. Um, but there's so many people who have businesses, who are thought leaders, who have these like really wonderful ideas and they would make incredible authors, but they don't know how to actually put the ideas on paper. So ghostwriting is this beautiful kind of odd thing where essentially those people who have brilliant ideas and are great at stuff like this. Oftentimes they're usually people who are podcasters, YouTubers, like things like that. Like they're excellent communicators, but they just don't know how to package it in a book. They're like, okay, let's tag in some people who understand publishing, mm -hmm. book formatting and structure and have them kind of actually organize the ideas. So I feel like what I do as a ghostwriter a lot of the time is really just listen and then figure out what would be a way to organize this in a book. And then I always have the perspective too of thinking of like that one reader and kind of looking for like, who are we really trying to reach? Like who's the audience? And sometimes the people who are coming from these different spheres of influence might not be able to think that way, but then the book ends up being pretty cool. When you ghostwrite, what genres do you usually ghostwrite for? I'm mainly in the self-help space. So I like like self-help nonfiction. So I just finished one that was like a therapist book, which is really fun. And I'm working on one that's in like the sports industry. And then one of the first ones that I worked on was uh, like a business leader. So is it ever kind of like, because I feel like for me, and maybe this is just like the a vanity issue I need to work on, but is it ever hard to not get credit for writing a book <laughs> this yeah <laughs> it's it's such I laugh just because this is like the number one conversation I have about ghostwriting is people are like <laughs> but do you hate that like your name isn't on it um and honestly like I don't know what it is about me but I really don't mind I think like like I said like even the word author is kind of odd to me because of the kind of like recognition piece and like the prestige. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if this is just like a weird Molly creative world moment where I'm like, I really just care so much about the actual act of creating that I don't really care if anyone's watching. And mm. it's been a long time. Um, even when I released my first book, I felt like the Lord kept asking me like, will you do this just for me? Like, will you keep doing this just for me? because I had built a business and I had like a book coming out and all these things. And so, you know, I just try to like really take it back to like, again, like kind of like that first love language of like, I just love words and I care about words and I don't care about who sees me loving words. Like I'm just going to love them until the day I die. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter to me who's watching or giving permission or approval or any of those things but it can be hard for sure. There's moments where you want to be like, oh, well, I did that, you know, but ultimately it's the author's book because it's their ideas and it's really just 
kind of helping them craft it. So, yeah. What was that process of surrendering that need to be seen to the Lord? We're working on it. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, so initially it actually like that conversation with God started happening like right after my book launch, because as you know, in that world, it's so important like to hit certain sales numbers and like to yeah. have certain podcast appearances and all these things. And I was like, oh my goodness, like just the overwhelm of like, well, what if I fail? And what if I don't meet all of these kind of arbitrary, like measures of success. And so then you have to look inward and start asking yourself and like, I coach myself all the time as a coach. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what would I tell a client? And I would ask, you know, like, what is success to you? And so to me, like success is in the simple act of writing, because as a believer, like creating is imitating God. Anytime I create anything, I'm imitating God. And so that's glorifying to him. And so as long as I know that, and I'm doing that at the end of the day, like, again, like, I should not care who's watching. Are there days where I do? Probably. But, you know, I have a chapter in my book about, you know, people watching and criticizing what we do and things like that, because that happens so much in the creative life. But um, yeah, I don't think we should care about the criticism as much. And I also don't think we should care about like the applause as much. And I think that's something that a lot of us as creatives are like told to like pay attention to with, you know, social media, like follows, likes, engagement, like pay attention to all these things, like see how people are engaging. And it's like, well, you know, what if I get, like, what if I post something and no one likes it, but like, I loved making it. Like, am I, and I'm like, yeah, I am. And so same thing with writing. It's like some of my best writing no one will ever see. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with it just being buried in a journal somewhere, somewhere in my Google Drive. And it's just between me and God. And like, I'm like, I know I made that. And like, I know he saw it. And that's all that matters, really. Oh, I love that so much. Because I think we live in such a culture, which I know I fall to this, of we just want to be seen all the time, because we have social media, and we have like, it's like everyone can be can be like a big someone. I think everyone is someone, but everyone can be a big someone who deserves to be seen, which I think the concept of fame and influencing and that can be really difficult to manage because it's like, okay, well then how do I surrender that to the Lord? And and I just love like one, just thank you so much for trusting us with your story to hear that. <laughs> I love it because it's so real and raw and it's something we as creatives really do struggle with. But how do we continually go back to the Lord and be faithful to what he's called us to and faithful to the things that even aren't seen? So I love it. Yeah. I mean, and really practically too, I, in my, in the seasons of like building my business, I actually started to carve out time in my schedule where I would write just for fun and I would put it on my calendar and say like, okay, I'm just going to write for fun. And those were often the things that felt the most playful. Like they felt the most like me whenever blogging or sending out a newsletter felt really mundane. It was fun to have like a certain set time where I was like, this is just going to be for no one but me and for the Lord. And I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And I think that really feeds all the other like work that we're doing to be faithful and diligent mm -hmm sphere to kind of have moments where you're just like, I'm just going to do this just for fun. Like I'm going to intentionally make mistakes. Like 
you know, I don't know. I'm going to write fiction. I hate fiction, but maybe I'll try it. (laughs) Do you hate writing fiction or do you hate reading fiction or both? I feel like I shouldn't even say this on the record, but both. (laughs) Molly, my heart just got like taken out and ripped apart. I'm so sorry. So like, do you, what do you read for like, to not think I read so much nonfiction. it's not even funny but I I think I'm just like one of those people who loves information and I love to learn and so yeah nonfiction to me feels enough like fiction but I okay. really fiction because I think I just don't have like the willing suspension of disbelief piece that a lot of people have which is funny because I'm creative but I'm just like okay. not go with the story a lot of the time I'm like that's not realistic like I just see like so many gaps that I'm like I can't with this but no that's that's so fair I just that's so interesting I'm sure maybe one day when I like start really taking ownership of my writing I might feel that way but that's so crazy oh my gosh (laughs) I'm dead oh well Molly what piece of advice would you give to someone who is just starting their writing career they want it to one day be like their main job what advice would you give to them i think honestly the thing that comes to mind first is to just not put that pressure on it right now and that might seem really counterintuitive but i think i sometimes now even look back on the seasons when i wasn't writing and I wasn't getting paid for it at all, or I was, I was writing, but I wasn't getting paid for it at all. And those feel like some of the sweetest moments. Like I look back on them so fondly and I feel like it's almost like I would compare it to like dating versus marriage of like, yeah. when I met my husband and we were dating or talking and we weren't even like official, it's just like this, like super fun season of like getting a love note in your mailbox or like getting as flowers like it's very like romantic and like energizing in that kind of a way and that's how I feel like writing can be in the beginning but it won't be if you're thinking like oh my gosh like we're not married yet like we're not committed like we're not living together and that's how I think a lot of people look at their creative work in the career realm like when they want it to be a career so bad they're like oh my gosh like we're just not there yet. And then it ends up being frustrating instead of like seeing just the sweetness of like getting dropped off at the end of the night and getting to go call a friend and tell them about how the date was, you know, like that kind of a thing where it's just like, man, there's just such a sweet season of getting rejection letters and like building up these stories of like writing, even though no one's watching, like I said, like things like that, I think are so, so sweet. So I would just say like, don't miss that in that season, if you're in that season right now, um, because you can totally build a business and do all the things. And I fully believe that um, it's very possible. Trust me, I've seen many people do it and you definitely Mm -hmm. can, but give it the time that it needs and like enjoy that season of kind of like being romanced by your creative work. I love that. That is so beautiful and just so like, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air for creatives to be able to like hear that so thank you yeah my last my last question is 
what book or podcast would you recommend to my audience? Now, wouldn't it be great if I just recommended a fiction book? <laughs> I think I would literally die. I think I'd be like, no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, my favorite book for creatives in general is Walking on Water by Madeline Lingle. Have you read it? I haven't. Oh, you have to read it. It's so good. So many good nuggets, but it's just about like the journey of the creative life. It's so, so beautiful. So I have it on my list of books that I read every year. So, Okay. I'm like going to have to go on Amazon right after this and buy it. So I'm a big book person. So, okay, Molly, where can all of my people find you? Oh my goodness. All of the places. Um, I love it. So my website is mrsmollywilcox.com and all my social media handles are also Mrs. Molly Wilcox. So pretty much anywhere online, that's where I am. I love it. Well, Molly, thank you so much for just taking the time to chat about writing and how the Lord has just continually grown and shaped you as a writer. Um, It has just been such a joy and I'm so stinking proud of you and cannot wait to see all the things that you do. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was so fun to chat with you and thank you for creating this space and for hosting. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, we will see you soon and you guys, thank you so much for listening. Wasn't that conversation with Molly literally so good? I mean, so many gems of wisdom in that conversation just about creating faithfully to what the Lord has called us to. So I am just literally so excited. Like, what can we do to glorify the Lord with what we're creating? Because you know what? Like, it can be whatever as long as we're imitating the Lord and his um, call to creation. So wow, thank you so much, Molly. Make sure that you follow her at Mrs. Molly Wilcox. All of her information will be in the show notes, but you guys, thank you so much. Please like, rate, and leave a review so that more people can hear this conversation. All right, I'll see you next time.